0: Guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We really appreciate all of the support and staying alongside the audio to now visual component of Beans Without Boundaries Uh, going forward with the second season. We do have like a little bit of increase of cost, so we set up a little donation thing through Buy Me a Coffee. It's a little website that if you're willing to just splurge, there's an option for being able to just buy me a coffee. It also gives me a good idea if you really are enjoying our content and would like to help support and continue it. The link will be in the description underneath the YouTube video. It's also gonna be in the description for Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify Podcasts as well. Uh, Whichever platform uh, would be greatly appreciated to just continue following along the journey and whatever you're willing to just kind of help with feedback, whether it's comments on the videos or just going on social media. Um, And if you're feeling typically generous, It'd be great to just throw a coffee my way. Thanks for listening in and uh, until next time. This episode, we have Bailey, the head roaster of Cafe Vita, a leader from Coffee Roasters Guild and a managing director of the nonprofit organization that I actually got introduced to this whole concept for our podcast of She's the Roaster, which is promoting a woman in the production industry that I talked a little bit about in the trailer. You're going to get a good vibe of her attitude towards the industry and how it's just the clean-cut truth of what's going on and a lot of what she has to deal with with her specific role as a roaster and working with the machinery. Yeah, I think it's really great that like I get to talk to you first out of everyone because like you've definitely been really influential to a lot of other women roasters I would think so (laughs) honestly not to just like gravitate towards my whole journey but like everything when I went to the roasteries retreat um and got to sit down with all those women like it really like that's what really started this that's what really like solidified like me wanting to like get to talk to all these women and not even just, like, roasters. Like, I would love to, like, be able to talk and sit down with, like, farmers and producers and importers and just, like, hear their stories also. And I think, honestly, I don't know if you remember. There was one time, there was at one point we were passing the mic, like, introducing. And I don't remember her name, sadly. But, like, she was talking about how she didn't feel safe in her work environment. And if it wasn't for, like, I think, cat um, she would have never stayed. And that really stuck with me. What made you want to say yes? Like, obviously you don't know me. <laughs> and it was my <laughs> first time like meeting me at the retreat, and like I really approached you with barely any like a communication like relationship with you. like, hey, I have this idea. Are you down? And you're like down to yeah. like be a part of it, obviously. So what really like stuck out to you with wanting to really like be on here?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of like the, I don't know, the value take. Um, when you're in my shoes of, of, you know, taking over, she's a roaster and being that person that, you know, if anyone comes to me with anything within means, like I'm absolutely going to do it. Um, and so something like this kind of checks all the boxes, which are like, is there a need for this? Uh, is the person doing it, doing it with good intent? Um, is this something I think the community needs and other people would benefit from? And is this like career developing for somebody Uh, I think all of those things, it's like, you know, outside of like, hey, can you get me a job, which I can't always do for everybody? Like, these are the things that I invest in. So, um, you know, unfortunately, like, I met you and I like you. So, you know, (laughs) that made it a lot easier. But I'm glad I gave
0: off a first good impression in like, the 10 minutes that you got to meet me.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, and, and like I said, like those the roaster meetup it was really formative for me just because, yeah, the first time we did that, it was a tragically small number. And yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just really validating. Like, and it's like, I don't, I don't celebrate enough of the successes or I don't give a lot of time for the celebration of the successes. Um, so that I feel was like,
0: like good. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like, especially for you and your position, like, you're kind of like an entrepreneur it's really hard to like kind of take a step back and look at your achievements because you're still like focused on okay so i'm here but this needs to be done like oh there's the next project like oh i have to start doing this okay so this started so now i can start doing this so it's like really hard to like take a step back and really just take a breather
1: yeah and i'm just like constantly burnt out so then it's like and, and then you're you're really like busy I mean, I work a full-time job yeah. and then I do, and then I do three other things that are like, yeah, it's, they're about 70 hour work week. So I think, you know, when I do a scholarship or a giveaway or I help somebody, it's just like, okay, cool. Next thing. And I don't sit with it and, you know, look at it. I'm like, okay, cool. It was a stupid gearbox, whatever. People need coffee gear. It doesn't matter. Next. And then I'm like, that's expensive stuff. <laughs> like, and if you're starting in coffee, you need that stuff. So it's, I don't like sit with it long enough. Um, and, and because I don't do that, seeing, you know, the first Shoes or Roaster meetup of like nine or 10 people or whatever it was. And then like years later, seeing that room full, like that is gratifying. <laughs> that's kind of a- it's, it's a slap in the face. It's like, no, you're going to have to celebrate this. Like, you're going to have to notice it. You know? <laughs> a slap in the um, face. I was wondering
0: which direction you were going with that. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: so, <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's, it's literally right in front of you. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, wow. This is, it's traction. And some days I think like.
0: A lot of the women too were really vocal about it too. So I hope you felt like appreciated that you should be. Because I know that like having to run a lot of things, it, it gets really swept under the rug, whether or not you feel appreciated or seen or valid, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, it's not, it's not what I, she's the roaster. Like I didn't, I'm not the founder, you know, my mentor was, and you know, she, she hit this roadblock of like being a mother and starting her own business and was just like, I don't have it anymore. Like I, I don't have the energy anymore. And I was like, Oh, I'm young and like 21. Like I have the energy, I will do this. And now I feel like I'm becoming her, when she gave it away, like, now I'm like, okay, somebody else that has like more energy should do this. Cause I like, I just don't feel like I'm ever doing a good enough job. And maybe that's just like nonprofit esque work Mm. that you always feel like you got to be doing more. Um, I often compare, she's the roaster to like a humane society where it's like, you want to, you do it, but you want to do it more and like, you want to bring home all the animals and you want it, but like you just are one person and you're like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I can, I can see, <laughs> I think it also is like showing with how you're communicating it too. Like this is like something of great importance to you, but it's like obviously would help so much more having a support system to be able to help carry the load that I feel like now you're starting to feel like this is a lot of responsibility and it's like, how do I prioritize my personal time to my work time to, to like my passionate project time. So it's like, I feel like
1: it's starting to get a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, there's people like, I know what I have to do next in order to like progress this. um, And I just don't even have the energy to, you know? Uh, So, you know, Big, big picture stuff for She's the Roaster Next year (laughs) Post-holidays I just need to get through this But like post-holidays, maybe like March Or April, I would like to um, Form committees Right, so I'll still keep the email I'll still um, I'll give away the social media to somebody There was one person at Retreat That really wanted to run social media For She's the Roaster And Yeah. I'll just have committees. I was thinking like a sponsorship. So somebody that like goes out and seeks sponsors for whatever, um, somebody that does like events. So whenever there's a trade show like expo, Ray Or coffee fest, like they can find spaces for us to hold events and they can like facilitate those connections. Um, yeah. And just kind of like get a committee and we'll all meet up like once a month, once every other month, like at C fit, whatever. Yeah. So that's long long term for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great though. Like it sounds like
0: you're starting to split off the work that you're probably doing all by yourself to people who could possibly be passionate about doing it. And it's good that the retreat gave that to you, you know, like they gave you like people who like want to reach out and help because they're also passionate about the same project. Like this person right here, (laughs) (laughs) this person talking to you. Right. And you know,
1: like she's a roaster. It was so cool when it started and it still is cool. I don't mean to use past tense, but it's a need for it. And I think at the same time, like women started doing and applying and showing up and I don't know, like fucking shit up, like when it started and it was just kind of this like cool, like club, you know, like they had shirts, and like, it was cool to have a shirt and like <laughs> to work with men and like have it. And like, yeah. I don't know this cool, like clubhouse. Like it was, it was really and I hope that it still is. But the fact that like, just a random woman started it for no reason other than she wanted to. And so like seeing people like you take on your own projects about things that you care about and you like, like, if that's all she's the roaster does, I'm totally fine with it. Like that's sick.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Cause bottom line, it's like a lot of what I want this platform to be is not even just like obviously connecting and like having discussions where it's really hard to talk about coffee stuff with non-coffee people, but it's also like, It's a sense of finding community and, like, being able to be like, hey, I I see all the work you're doing. Obviously, your role specifically is a lot of work. Like, I want you to be able to feel validated and feel, like, comfortable to tell your story and what you've experienced and how you got to this point. Because, obviously, it's a lot of hard work. And I know that you said that you took on this role from your mentor and you're like, oh, shit, okay, so here I am now. But, I mean, like, you've obviously, like, touched a lot of people's, like, hearts through... What you're doing with sheets of roaster? Because honestly, like as much as your mentor did start this, you still have geared it towards a specific direction. Like you should give yourself some credit for the work you do. Thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, it's it. I like I don't. I grew up, I grew up around a lot of like construction worker type guys, and like so like be, being like the token woman. That's not like a new concept in my life at all. Uh, so it's funny because it's, like, it's less about that for me. I think, like, with all this volunteerism stuff, you know, She's the Roaster, Coffee Roasters Guild, SCA, like, you name it. Any any of that stuff I do, it's so much less about, uh, you know, being the only woman in a room or gender or as much as it is, like, I had the shittiest coffee career. I had the shittiest. And what happened? Bosses. Oh, my God. Like, what well, didn't happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Like, as a collective whole, a manager in situations where, you know, we were having racial discrimination and third-party audits with a mediator, like, sexual harassment against me, and then seeing it to other people, like, walkouts, wage theft, uh, I mean, like, what haven't I gone through in coffee? And I just feel like it shouldn't be that fucking hard. Like, it just shouldn't be, and if I could do something for somebody— you know hopefully a, a collection of somebody's, but like for one single person that doesn't have to go through any of that shit like awesome that's that's the goal <laughs>
0: yeah no I think <laughs> which is like why it's important to hear each other's stories like I that's what I was like really curious on is like you've obviously done a lot so it's like if there was anyone to kind of vouch for needing just peace within this industry for us i I wanted to make sure that you were definitely on this platform to discuss it.
1: And it's like,
0: I've only been doing this since May. And uh, the way that it, the 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 trajectory it's been going is just like, it's been a lot of things that I didn't expect, but it was also stuff that has not surprised me because of the industry we work in. You
1: know? Right. You're like, wait, coffee's poor? Like, we don't pay our people? We fire and lay off? Like, are you serious? That's so weird.
0: <laughs> So, what did you want to do before you started doing coffee? Like, was there like, did you just like have a, an idea, or were you just like, fuck, I just like started as a barista and I'm here?
1: I was 14 and a half. It was my first job. Okay. This this is it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had I had some second jobs. I had some some kid jobs. Let's see. Kid uh, jobs. Yeah, like I was a hmm, I was a a filing clerk at a golf and country club for, I don't know, a summer. Um, I worked at my dad's construction company uh, briefly. So, and I, you know, I worked at a thrift store as a second job because that was like so cool. (laughs) And it it was so fun. And I got, you know, half off shit that's already half off. So it was very cool. It sounds like
0: because of like, I think, the environment you grew, like you were around and the work environment that you already had, like this understanding of what toxic masculinity is and like being surrounded by the male ego and having to deal with, um, kind of like stepping up and like being like, Hey, like, I'm not just a woman. Like I can do the same thing that you can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, like I had a very supportive, I do have a very supportive father. And you know, when I was a kid, I was like, I'll just take over your company. He goes, as a woman indigenous, like you would make triple what I make and like it, go in the boys club and go fuck it up. Like, yeah, I love that. And, yeah. And you know, it, for him, it was like strictly financial. He was like, you're a minority woman, you know, like you, you fit all of the quotas, like you're, uh, you affirmative action in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: What's your ethnicity? If you don't mind me asking,
1: uh, I'm indigenous, uh, Irish, indigenous and Scandinavian. No hope. Just all all aggression. <laughs> I mean, no I'm hope, Middle but... Eastern,
0: so if that makes you feel any better, <laughs> we're still aggressive <laughs> people, too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a cool mix. But um, yeah, my tribe is in Washington, so I'm never going to leave the Pacific Northwest. Uh, uh, if I go any further than like a 20 mile radius from Salmon, I'll just disintegrate. Uh, (laughs) so yeah I mean yeah I had a very supportive father and and I grew up with him and his friends and whether that was construction or golf or gambling I mean I was just I was a monster
0: (laughs) I love that for you though that's great because I feel like it's really hard to find empowerment around that and I'm glad that you had support to be able to feel free to do
1: that too and then you meet other women that are like you, you know, or just other people in general that just—I don't know—push envelopes, like to be black sheep. I don't know any of those things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so you find your people. Yeah. yeah, I feel like
0: I'm still on that journey to trying to find my my people, but hopefully through this platform I can find more of my people because at, at the same time, like this is this is a lot of what I want to be focusing on, you know, like being able to find strong. Strong, independent women doing the thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, with being in this industry, it's like it's hard for me to ask you some of these questions because, like, I feel like you're not going to be affected as much. Did you ever feel like an imposter
1: in this industry? Like, did you ever feel like Dude, every, I- day. Okay. <laughs> every day, every <laughs> day? Yeah, absolutely. still, yeah, still, some days. To be honest, yeah. Like, you know, meet coffee people. I do like I do <laughs> I really do I I it's stupid because when people say why are you stay in this industry I usually say people in like the top three right and then it's like in the same breath I'm like no I hate coffee people
0: I feel like they're so different there's like different types
1: they, yeah there's different types I I like other people's stories I don't really like people in the way that I'm not very social but I like other people's stories and I like other people's feelings and and yeah so, I, just, I, like, I, mean, <laughs> I can relate to this so much <laughs> i don't like people but i kind of like hearing about them yeah it's um, like
0: it's just fascinating to see what people go through and like how they've gone overcome them but then like yeah they're like well let's go out and do this i'm like mm, my bed
1: service me. is also like my love language gotcha. so i think that you know like i can't serve somebody if there are no people to serve right so uh Yeah. I think, you know, with the imposter syndrome part about people getting coffee, people is that like coffee is such an opinional thing and everybody thinks that they're fucking right. Yeah, And I, Oh, can't stand it. It makes me so grossed out. And I'm also like, as coffee is getting older and older, it's getting hipper and hipper. And I don't know, I'm starting to feel like the old white guys that would teach me coffee that I made fun of, that I was like, ew, you guys like dark roast? That's so gross. Like, oh, you're so basic. Like, now I feel like I'm that guy. I'm that guy.
0: I feel like I'm also becoming this person where it's like, everyone's coming to me for suggestions, and then when I give them, they're just like, oh, yeah, I could never do that. I could never be like that. Like, I had somebody... Different jokes, different folks. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like, if you are so, like, narrow-minded on trying different kinds of coffee. It's like why would you come here like my thing is like if you know how some people are weird about naturals like natural mm-hmm. processed coffee and then it's just like why are you like why are you here why are you judging without even trying like I don't like naturals I only like washed oh my god what's that and then they'll go to the same different coffee shops and try and like say some shit like they know some shit and I'm just like okay
1: yeah so and you know when I get asked to do Coffee interviews or or like, okay, uh, articles, publication is something that happens. I shouldn't say very often, but at least once or twice a year, I usually shun away from that. Thank you. I usually shun away from that stuff because it's who receipts. It's receipts. I'm not an eloquent person. I'm a consumer. I smoke cigarettes. I smoke <laughs> weed. I drink alcohol. But- I eat spicy foods. Like I'm a consumer. I am 95% of the people that walk through your front door. So, if you want a you know a coffee science a cu grader palette, like go find it somewhere else. Like I am the people that come into your shop, and like that. so. So my opinions in this industry are very um, controversial. So I usually, but I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I respect the science, and I guess I just never want to do publication because I never want to hear whatever bigwig influencer man is like doing the YouTube videos come for me. I never want it. So I just don't do Yeah,
0: it. the the cancel culture and that like toxicity with social media is ridiculous to people who like I think I can understand this from a different perspective because like it's funny, we're going to trail back to the whole like relationship thing. Like I also don't really care for people, but what I do care about are the farmers and the producers and like the people I get to interact with, like where we get the coffee from and and stuff like that. And that's what's really like made me love having conversations and like learning about people's stories. But when it gets down to coffee is only good when it's this, 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 it's in this, this category, or it's in this bracket, and if it doesn't, then it's not good coffee, or if this doesn't, like, benefit someone else, then it's just, like, it's soulless. It doesn't have what I fell in love with the coffee industry for, which is the interaction you have with the people. And I think, like, I can relate to the whole, like, there are two different types of people in this industry. There are the people that care about the people, and then there are the people that care about the money. And they care about the show. They care about the displays of like gestures that they can do to make it look flashy and attractive to the consumers that are trying to buy it for clout.
1: Yeah. And I guess, you know, so I guess I feel like an, an imposter all the time when I, you know, a lot of why I won't do those things is fear of being told that I'm wrong. And, and, but I can't be wrong about my own opinion, but it's just something I just don't feel like I need to put myself through necessarily. And, um, Yeah, I I feel like a younger me was if you ask me to do whatever, I just was like, yeah, like putting myself out there meant more than anything else. And now at this point, gosh, pro tip, like don't say yes to everything because you end up realizing how many people you can't stand when you do that.
0: That also accelerates your being burnt out.
1: Yeah, it it does. Like, you get exploited enough times, you get burned enough times, and then you just don't want to do it anymore. So, yeah, pro tip to anyone that listens to this that is like, wow, should I do this thing? I don't know. I'm having, like, kind of a gray, lukewarm feeling about it. Don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. (laughs) Unless you're, like, gung-ho for it, don't do it.
0: (laughs) When in doubt, trust your gut, I swear. That thing won't lead you wrong. It's usually your gut that's like, hey, this isn't right. That's when you're like, no, you're right well with all of this going on then with all of like you keep saying you have controversial opinions and i want to like push you
1: to tell me them oh my gosh okay i got it i got it freshness is like a huge one for me i will it. on the hill that i don't even want people to have the coffee roast until it's been like off roast for at least a week (sighs) at least
0: maybe two like the people that reach to the back the people mm-hmm. that reach to the back or they're like, when's the
1: roast date? And I was like, it was yesterday.
0: And they're like, I'll take
1: that back. I'm
0: like, you don't understand. Yeah. It hasn't had time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even, you know, a lot of coffee shops, uh, specifically like grocery or roasteries, like they pull grocery after 10 days in their shops. They'll like pull espresso or bags or 12 days off. Yeah. Uh, that shit drives me nuts. Um, I've made quite the about past crop coffees. Uh, if you don't know how to roast them, or you think they taste different, be a better roaster.
0: You better say it. Okay, my mentor told me the same thing. <laughs> I'm very grateful for my mentor um, for giving me this like very non pretentious level like handbook. It wasn't a handbook. It's basically um, modulating profile roasts by I think Rob Hoos, and like oh god, I
1: just started reading it. Oh, oh my I
0: god, <laughs> I, because like for me I'm like
1: it. I hope. Ugh, I've been
0: avoiding it. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, to be honest, I started my coffee, like, roasting journey with literally like, one day on the, on the actual roasting machine. He gave me the book to read, and I'm like, this is, like, a different fucking language. What the fuck does this mean? And then I revisited it after, like, obviously roasting for a period of time, and I'm like, oh, my God, the way that this is helping me profile roast so much. But, like, I'm, I'm very grateful for him for showing me the fact that there's no such thing as bad coffee. Like, and there's obviously, like, the whole past crop, like phenomenon mystery. And I'm like, we've had coffee come in where it is past season and it's still, it's fucking delicious.
1: Yeah. And if you're cupping it and you're like, wow, this doesn't taste the way I want it to, like it should taste different. Like it should, but if you can't find a way to make it still taste good and servable and I'm like, that's on you. Yeah. That's absolutely on you. Also like, you know, we, we say a year, um, I did another podcast talking about past crop and that we don't have, you know, over aging coffee, like what degrades is volatile acids, right? So like super bright acidic coffees, you have to understand that those acids and those fruit notes are going to go away, you know, first and second. Um, And we also don't have a gauge on green coffee bags that says like, this is the rate at which it's losing volatile acids. Like, okay, make it a dark roast then like awesome. So you can no longer do the thing you bought it for. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. I just think if we know that every single copy is different and approaches to every single copy is different. Like, so when it's old then you just throw it away, like, I just don't understand people. But, um, that is another controversial opinion I have. Uh, God, I put half of a Meyer lemon in flash brew sometimes. That's a big one too. Everyone's like, "Ew, you do that. I'm like, yeah, I do that. Yeah. I like that. Whatever. Um, yeah just kind of some stuff like that little uh, little little things like that everywhere not well received
0: yeah i feel like everyone expects that like what's really interesting is how changing the industry is but like people are so stuck on like things that haven't progressed either and it's funny because i feel like i have this problem with like the whole like imposter syndrome and i also have a problem with like some thir- some things that i would consider controversial which is what i started this podcast for i was like Man, there's some shit that literally made no sense to me at the retreat when I was there. And I was like, why is this happening? And I was just, I just like came back home and I was like, okay, so are we going to talk about it or not? Because (laughs) I don't want this to just continue happening and people don't know, you know? I feel like the industry is already pretty gatekept for no reason in the first place, which makes it so unapproachable for people to even want to be a part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, and like, yeah, I came from a, yeah. You know, I've been roasting for a decade and I, you know, the guys, the guys who taught me how to do it, they, they had that firm mentality that, you know, nobody knows what goes in our coffees. like, it's a secret. We are a secret society of coffee people. Like, you know, uh, you must knock the secret knock to enter and you know, what's the magic word? A, there's yeah. And like, there's a level of appeal to that, that I'm into. And, you know, but like me as a young roaster was like, Oh no, we should be so chiant. Like no gatekeeping, tell everyone. And like, now the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what it is. What it's is- not like those people gate kept it because if they told their secrets, anyone could do it. Right. I think, I think that that's why they would do it. I think that it's absolutely job security. that roasters keep secrets about developing coffees and, like, how they do it and their little personal styles because they don't want to be copied and then become, you know, expendable. I think now, and this is maybe my old white guy thing that I say, like, yeah, anyone can do it, but, like, what drives me up-the-wall batshit crazy is when people are like, I want to be a roaster. And I'm like, cool, do you know what that means? Yeah. That means forklifts and hairnets and grease guns and maintenance like heavy maintenance days that means trying to source um exhaust pipes and measuring and like working on your afterburner replacing thermal couples like loading green coffee like that's what that means and i feel like now if i hear one more i don't know they're almost like a passenger seat princess you know what i mean like (laughs) i just want to roast and i'm like if unless you can do the whole thing through and through like you don't get to yeah, And I feel like it's always, you know, a lot of like competitors are like, I want to roast my own coffee. And I'm like, yeah, you can, but like, you're not actually a roaster because you're not applying. It's not just plugging in your laptop and following the curve. Like that is not it. And unless you're going to embrace the mechanic side of it and, like, the hard manual labor in it, like, I don't really want to talk to you, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, certain parts that people, like, expect being a roaster is, like, the aesthetic of it, and then they do the actual job, and they're like, oh, it's anticlimactic. And I'm like, I don't know what you were expecting.
1: I'm like, yeah, come by a maintenance day. You want to learn how to roast? You're going to have to put on a coverall and get through this three-foot exhaust pipe with me. You're going to have to crawl your whole body through it. It's not fun. No, I I completely agree. I feel like it's also just, like, it is very
0: physical. It's a very physical job that I don't think a lot of people realize.
1: I, uh, I have a herniated disc from it. Uh, yeah. And then now, now probably, it's probably nerve damage now. Because now what I'm going through is like a numbness. But I mean, I've had my back ultra I've had, um, so like, it's called Easton, but they put acupuncture needles in the nerves in your back. And then they shoot electricity through it. Um, I mean, I'm seeing shiatsu once a week. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, (laughs) and funny, no one talks about that, you know, uh, that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 30 with back problems. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Like I had to start, if it wasn't for the fact that I go to the gym regularly, I honestly don't think I would be able to handle the, 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 the heftiness that comes from like lifting the bags, dealing with the machinery
1: and like, totally totally. And like, you know, I stopped working out because my day job became a workout. And then that's probably how, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, now like I'm going through physical therapy and I'm going to the gym again and I'm like getting back into it. But it's like, I have to revert like eight years of, of not like atrophy. And it's a lot, dude, it's fucked. Like, how do you do this without insurance? Like, I don't know we need to start a GoFundMe for every single roaster going through problems that like doesn't have insurance because like I, dude, I'm in the thousands for co-pays and my my tribe pays for it and I'm like thousands of
0: dollars in, like it's insane. That's actually something worth talking about. Why do you think, like we're obviously a product of this, but why do you think we stay in the coffee industry despite the fact that like, we possibly don't have benefits we understand that this is not a career where we're going to financially be dependent and be able to like successfully because i know that you just talked about it earlier but i'm like in my head the way that you're talking about it i'm like you mentioned people who don't have health insurance and doing this job and i'm one of those people and then i'm like um i talked about this with my mentor too and he went from a job that was very similar to now having a job full of like a 401k benefits and everything, which is great. And I feel like that's pretty rare to find, but like, why do you think people stay?
1: Do you think it's rare to find? Cause I feel like, so why, so why are you holding out then?
0: <laughs> oh, who's interviewing you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <honestly>. I think <laughs> I think a lot of it also depends on location. Let's talk about that because like I'm from yeah. the Midwest. I'm, I'm literally in Columbus, Ohio, as we speak. Um, and as you can tell, the, the roasting community, one is very small and the average hourly rate to living cost is not adequate either so it's pretty common to find really low paid jobs with no insurance to back it up
1: yeah true very true yeah i i mean my first my first roasting job no insurance my second wonderful wonderful benefits my third pretty good benefits benefits my fourth no benefits my fifth like it it comes and goes you know uh and yeah i don't know like i've always gosh so in my adult life i think i've gone without insurance for one year and that was that was fine that was i made it one year but yeah i mean Anyone listening should absolutely go try to find the big roastery in town that can afford you.
0: Being a bigger roastery and then being a smaller roastery, they're obviously going to give you more than they can. If you're working for a smaller roastery, it's going to be really hard to be able to get what you need. So, right. Um, have you ever encountered toxic femininity? Like, have you ever ento- like encountered that within the it industry sucks. too? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so no, many wild like, stories. Yeah. No. This is actually. Um, this is actually the platform I'm going to use to talk about this. So go for it. she's the roaster. Like a lot of the scholarships um, or opportunities, rather just any of them, you know, we create a Google form. Uh, I usually recycle a couple of questions that have worked well for other ones. I assemble an election committee, the election committee. Usually it's an odd number of judges. Um, I've had as many as five and as little as three. Uh, and I mean, I would go up to seven, I guess. I just feel like that's a burden for, Seven people to go through that many but regardless like so we we have these google forms um and some of the questions are like you know a, a pretty normal one is like hey what are the hardships you've overcome right it's a very generalized big one and i can't tell you how many applicants give me an hr incident about this guy that they work with who makes more than them and took their opportunity away from them and how dare he and like and they're using names of these men and like and and like really passionately aggressively attacking them and i'm just like hey listen i've been there <laughs> but i automatically scoring those candidates incredibly low because the whole point of it is not to drag men down it's actually just for you to pull yourself up okay you better I know that that's exhausting. Like, uh, trust me, I fucking know that's exhausting. But like, you know, I've worked with mostly men my whole life, and they're all kind of awesome. I've hated a fair amount of them. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, and like, there, there was one who's incredibly sexist. Like, he would say terrible things. I remember, um, he said pretty much any time a woman talks, I just can't hear her. He said that in a in a in a company wide meeting. Everyone heard it. And I was mortified. He said it about me and I was mortified. So like, I get it. I totally understand. But like, you can't answer application questions and be, and be forward facing in that extreme of a manner. Um, and when I read those, I'm also like, do better, like be better than that because like, you're letting them get to you and this is stupid. And we all know that this is happening and this exists. And you telling me your HR incidents in this questionnaire, It's you know that I'm not going to give you brownie points for this. I
0: don't know what it is with, like,
1: I mean, like, uh, I guess, like, I should
0: also preface, like, I don't want to use this platform as, like, we're going to talk about shit with men. You know what? Like, I don't want to be like, <laughs> men are shit. They are worthless. They don't deserve to be part of this earth and this this the air that I breathe, the air that I walk around. The biggest <laughs> thing is that, like, it goes based off of what you're exactly saying, like, We understand these are issues, but like we shouldn't feel like we can manipulate to be higher than them. Like we should be able to work just as hard and show our work for it and be still like morally good people. (laughs) Yeah, I also like stand by that whole like be better because it's like I think anyone who goes into this industry as someone who had to learn, but like understands that the more you interact with the men that are in this industry, not everybody is out to get you. Like I've met some no, really actually great, they're all like,
1: yeah, they're great. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like I've met I've, some really
0: chill people. I've met some really supportive people. I've met some people who have made me feel validated. So it's like, it's important to see like, there are goods and bads. And it's not just like this this whole negative atmosphere, I guess, like what I want to be able to do is, okay, so here's the issue. So what is the next step? Like, what would you do? It was like, okay, so we understand this is what's happening. What do you, what would you do to try and make things different? Is that what you started She's the Roaster? Well, I mean, but is that why you're like choosing to go forward with all of the She's the Roaster nonprofit stuff?
1: Yeah. And I, well, and I think that, you know, I've given a lot of, uh, I don't know, pep talks. I've been a manager for many, 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 many years, and I'm a terrible manager because I'm like, uh, the cool aunt. (laughs) I'm not like a lot. I'm like the cool aunt that like helps you through things, right? So me being like, hey, when you ask for a raise, how do you ask for a raise? Do you say I need more money because I'm poor? (laughs) Do you say I need more money because like they all make more money than I? do. No, you can't say that either. Like you have to be able to show this is my job description. Here's the responsibilities I've taken on and I've exceeded in. Here's my tenure. This is how long I've been experienced in the whole industry. Like you really need to like create a whole plan here, um, and improve your point. And so when, when those, you know, questions for shoes, the roaster come in and people are like, that guy got my job and I didn't get it. I'm like, that's exactly not how you get it. And, you know, if we're going to continue to like coexist in an industry together, you know, me asking what hardships have you faced as a self-identifying woman or non-binary person, treat it like you're asking for a raise. Like say like hey listen like you know um, physically I can't lift as much as some of my coworkers so like that's a hardship I have so like here's what I'm I've been going to the gym I've been lifting I'm trying to get stronger so I can prove that I can do that job like yeah great answer wonderful we love it a thousand of them <laughs> there's a thousand of them I think the bottom line is like you can't
0: just expect like just for things to naturally happen progressively over time, like you have to show up for yourself. Like I think that's really what's sad about some people in the industry where I've watched them like they have such strong creative ideas or like they have suggestions and a lot of the time they don't speak up and then they get upset when they don't. And I'm like, okay, but you have to understand like nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get better for you unless you start standing up for yourself and putting yourself forward and saying like, hey, this is everything that I'm doing. And it's like, it makes sense to be. <laughs> I think, like, it's good to not come at it from an emotionally aggressive standpoint because that's something I would do. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, so this Same. is because <laughs> I'm emotionally very aggressive. Um,
1: I'm all fire, just and whether it's good fire or bad fire, like super cool, passionate things, or just me like losing my damn mind. Like, I'm all fire and I know that. So, like, Man, I I have men proofread a lot of things I write cuz I just need to know like I'm never going to let somebody tell me that I'm being that girl. And so like good coworker friends I have, I'm like, "Hey, like read this for me." Just read it. And like I don't need your I don't need your critique. I just need to know like gosh, if I sent an email to my boss and I was perceived as being emotional or a bitch or out of line, like I would lose it. So I'm like, just read this and tell me, is it that way? And they're like, nope, that's good. I'm like, okay, cool. One man already said it's good. So two men probably think it's good. Cool. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, I think I've also gotten burned on the back end of reacting first versus thinking it through. So I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, (laughs) I have this feeling and I probably should let it simmer for a little bit and then reevaluate where I'm going. And I think that'd be a good tactic for a lot of people who feel like they're wronged. I know it's, like, immediate for us, like, to want to talk about it and, like, have a conversation and find the instant solution. But I think it's really important to take the, the feeling you're having, let it, like, just ride that wave, and then revisit it. Because there's a lot of things that we could get out of if we just took a step back versus going all in.
1: Yeah. Or just, you know, just pull a pull a classic dude move and just uh, don't talk about your feelings and walk away. <laughs> That's a good one, too. That's oh, my one. God. Uh, for the record, I really miss working with women. I really miss working uh, with mm, working with anyone that actually isn't a, a cis male like i actually really miss that that should just get noted because i feel like often i talk with another uh she's actually like a sister of a best friend to me but she's also a coffee roaster and we're like dude you know what roasting with women is so different bro
0: i don't know what it is i don't know what it is i just feel like okay so from my experience at the roasters like roasters retreat like, I think, like, for someone who's obviously kind of very new to this industry, talking to someone who's a veteran in this industry, I think it's a really interesting concept to talk about from being around a lot of the men that were in that retreat to being in that organization, like, of the nonprofit, like, little, like, 45 minutes. Oh, by the way, which was too fucking short. Too fucking I know. short. We'll fix that next year. Yeah, we'll fix that next year. And it was, like, the women just, like, bring a different energy. I feel like it's, like, we give a fuck we care about what we're doing. And it's it's like, I don't know, I don't want to discredit a lot of what men do. I think it's like, women do kind of lead
1: emotively, like I think like as a collective. And I think, uh, you know, just personally, like a lot of my feelings is that when I'm with, you know, non-binary people and women specifically on teams, the, the way the leadership in the team goes is usually a lot more like, you're as strong as your weakest link. So let's pull up the back and all will go together. And I feel like working with men, it's like by your collar pulling whoever, like they're running and you're just like getting pulled. Um, and, you know, like maybe that's a nature nurture thing. Like, I don't know. I don't really want to pick it apart, but I just feel like, you know, and in the same breath that I, I bash working with men. <laughs> I also just want to say like, yeah, the the original question I think was toxic femininity, which is very rampant, um, at least in my volunteerism. Uh and yeah, I, you know, that's a younger me was like, fuck the patriarchy. fuck men, we're gonna take them all down. Like she is woman, hear me roar. And like, you know, an older, an older me is like, okay, listen, like if there's like a mantra to give to like younger people in coffee that want to roast or want to get into a male dominated section of that, like, you know, poise, poise, screaming, fuck the patriarchy is very not graceful. And though totally true, fuck the patriarchy. Like it isn't going to get you what you want. So yeah, that whole pulling yourself up as, as that is like very, very imperative.
0: (laughs) What would you tell the next generation of people? Like, the next generation of, like, any facet of the people that are in the industry,
1: you know? that's God, I'd have to read a book. Like, <laughs> is coffee even going to be around for the next generation? Oof. Um. Yeah, hot take. Uh, I don't know, dude. There's so many, like... I wanted to say something, like, totally flippant and just be like, it's just fucking coffee. Because um, that's something I think I say, like, once a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it just depends on what it is. Like, if there's people getting into roasting, uh, you know, unfortunately, there is no university day roasting. Like, there is no, the books out there are fucking trash. Um, They're fucking trash. And because it's it's a one-dimensional look at things, you know, uh, for me, I feel like a lot of my education, and I've been really fortunate to work for companies that fund it, so I've been really privileged in that way. And having taken, you know, SCA courses and having taken, gone to retreat for majority of my career. And like, for having done these things, like all of it's bullshit, all of it. It's fun. It's like, it's cool. You know, it's, it's an experience for sure. But like at the end of the day, my mentor told me when I was having my first episode of imposter syndrome, she said, how many years have you been roasting? I think at that point I was like four and she was like, cool. Four years, whoever is newer and better than you and more passionate about it and getting opportunities that you're not like, you have four years? They don't. And like, nobody can take your years away from you. Um. So, yeah, I don't know if I actually had a mantra. I want to do something funny or give advice. It's probably, it's probably just fuck around and find out. That's probably just it. Fuck and, around like, and
0: find out. I love that. No, that's
1: probably it. Because it's like, know what you like until you do it. You don't know what you don't like until you try it. Right. And then right. Yeah. You just got to do it all. And, uh, yeah. Talk around and find out. That's it. (laughs) Pretty much everything I can think about can get boiled down to that. So
0: (laughs) That's a really good, that's a really good, like, giveaway of, someone gave me this advice when I started. They're like, it's not what you think it is. And just go into it with that mentality, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Like, I was like, maybe that person's just being pessimistic because I think I also like entered this roasting like lifestyle with this idea that it was going to be like this specific like aesthetic, and like I think I felt vil- I felt also victim to that. I don't want to like act like I'm not, but I think the biggest thing that really like hit me in the face was it's really not everything you think it is. It's really not, and it kind of doesn't yeah. go back to it. It's just coffee. <laughs>
1: It really and Yeah, and then which yeah. is a good one. Which is a good one. Like when, you know, God, like what pisses me off some weeks, like production schedules, right? Where I'm like, okay, well, we can't we can't fulfill that order until this order and like here's why. And like my roast schedule, like it's just fucking coffee. Like I don't even know why I'm wasting my breath talking to people about like an order of operations. Like I don't even care. I don't even care. Just like let's do whatever. <laughs> uh yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, but I will say it is very uh For, you know, producers to say like, well, it's just coffee. They're like, it's actually my whole livelihood and like what I do. (laughs) Right. so We're definitely
0: coming at it from a roasting perspective. I think it's like the highlight of this specific episode is like, we can only talk. I was going to say, we can only talk as roasters, what we deal with on a a daily basis. It's really interesting considering like my roasting position in comparison to yours is very much like I'm a, I'm a, a Swiss army knife of doing everything. So I do all the coffee buying. I do all the coffee purchasing. I work with the importers. I do all the actual roasting and all the profile roasting and all the packaging. So it's really interesting coming from all the facets and then, like, hearing how you interact with people is really funny. So, um, yeah, I also kind of did this podcast with the idea that, like, I'm I'm like an ant in this field where I don't literally know anything. And it's like I want to meet other like non-binary folk and women that's,
1: that's great that's yeah great like and and like if you want to stick with it like that's that's totally cool like that was that was everyone that you look up to or that you know and those books that you're reading like those are those guys too it's like you just you start and that's totally fine and like i was a drive-thru barista i was a drive and, in, and like we didn't even have plumbing like it's the pacific northwest like cars on both sides a drive through um it is what you make it, you know, like, and because I was, oh, actually, I didn't want to be a roaster. I wanted to work on espresso machines. I wanted to be an espresso machine technician. Plot twist. And then, uh, yeah, and then somebody, I was, I'm a nerd. I am like science a lot, right? And heat transfer and thermodynamics and things like that. Just things that I like. So I learned
0: how to roast. I didn't realize how much I'd fall in love with what I was doing until I really went through it all. Like I didn't realize how much of like, we're talking shit a lot of the time about all of the maintenance shit and all of the things that we do as roasters and like the cleaning and like no, that's the, the fucking bad part. like all of it. It's just like weird how much I find a lot of passion with working with a a roasting machine, and yeah, there's like an the
1: oven. Yeah, people make whole careers out of baking, so why can't you with coffee? It's the same fucking
0: thing. Mm-hmm. I also think that like. You meant, you made a really good point. It's, like, the people who are listening, if they're interested in wanting to roast or if they're interested in just being introduced to this, it's, like, literally go talk to the roasting person. They'll talk to you for, like, 30 hours about what they're doing and, like, the new, like, coffees that they're bringing out or the new coffees that they're bringing in or who they're working with or what they're really interested in or they'll debate. And, like,
1: oh, they probably won't, honestly. Like, roasters are assholes. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. It'd be... That's so funny. I like I like that you think that that would happen. but what I can tell you is like there's probably a coin toss of me doing that. Uh, to somebody. Like if somebody's like, Hey, I'm really into roasting, I'd be like, Yeah, prove it. Like depending on who it <laughs> is, right? Like that was um, the best response. <laughs> Cause I feel like I've
0: met really good roasters where they were like, Oh, finally someone's talking to me about this. So. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> and
1: it and it goes that way for me too. Like to the point where like my partner's like, You need to come with like a warning label. Like if somebody asks me a roasting question, it's like, Do you want like the thirty hour response? Yes. Or do you want like Mm-hmm. I just need to know what one you want yes, um, yes but like even then if somebody was like I really want to learn how to roast I'd be like cool packaging departments over there Go start right there do that for six months and then maybe I'll look at you if you want to talk again um and it's not because I believe in like I don't necessarily believe in like you have to earn it but I I do think there's something to be said about the seriousness of wanting something You know, you can't just be like, hey, I want this thing. Give it to me. It's like, well, you know, like we all start somewhere and I'm really anti the whole like roaster apprenticeship thing. I think that that's bullshit. It's a way to get free labor. Um, And, you know, it's (laughs) gatekeepy. But at the same time, like I'm not going to invest six months to a year of teaching you things. I've spent a decade plus learning just for you to end up like leaving me in three months because you don't like it.
0: I think that's also like, that's a really good way to to talk about how hard it is kind of to find a roasting gig if you have no experience. Is that a lot of people don't really expect you to stick around once you start to find out what it is. And which is kind of like really interesting because I remember when I tried to get into the roasting gig, um, how hard it was when I had no experience. And then now I'm like okay I can kind of understand why people are a little bit apprehensive before they start
1: I mean especially like I don't know you could start a fire like (laughs) you know you just burn the whole
0: building down
1: (laughs) yeah like that. it is kind of a high-risk thing yeah for sure like you know and I wish I wish customers knew that like I I'm in a space now where like customers have to walk right by the roaster to go to the restrooms, and like the fact that you can't That I am quickly moving and I'm clearly like on a timer and moving with urgency, like that should probably tell you that this is a safety thing. Like I'm not moving that fast because I'm excited to be at work. You know what I mean? Like I I need to get over there and do this so like we can avoid anything bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's really funny. (laughs) I'm not doing this because I want to be here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I'm I'm hustling like I and for a reason. Like yeah, um, you know and. Back to fuck around and find out. I think a lot of a lot of my skill set outside of shoes or roaster, outside of volunteer stuff. Like a lot of my skill set is like roastery management. Um, like I used to green buy, I didn't like it. Not really my cup of tea. It turns out I'm a bleeding heart for a sales pitch. Like if a farmer comes to me, he's like, "Hi, buy my thing." I'm like, "Okay, yeah." Um, so I'm not good at green buying. Um, Not very good at it. So in roastery management, things like that, like no one tells you where to get uh, i have a very old roaster right now from the 60s and it's powered by belts like that you would see on a lathe um it's a 1963 roaster so go figure they don't make those belts anymore so when they break where do you get belts anyone you don't know you have to go find them mm-hmm. and so it's, it's things like that like you know we had my afterburner was failing there is no like afterburner.com company. In fact, if you Google an afterburner, it's actually a jet engine um, that pops up, which isn't on your roaster. So, <laughs> or it would fly yeah, like, away. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so, like all of these things that you use all the time, like there is no like warehouse supply roastery thing. So, you, you just, and I'm really good at creative problem solving. So, you know, those. Those are the things I think that makes a roaster is like, okay, but you need to go find that part. You need to you need to go try. And a lot of it's me calling people and being like, Hey, do you guys work on afterburners? And they're like, A what? <laughs> it's like, never mind, next. Um Yeah, I think that's what makes a roaster. It's not people like, I just wanna, I just wanna roast a batch, ha, ha, it's fun. Like you have to do the shit. Yeah maintenance find out
0: yeah (laughs) that's gonna be forever the slogan of this episode is just fuck around and find out did you happen to see like I don't know if it's like I get spam emails from different you know like once you buy something once from one importer they'll send you like forever spam emails and it's like my thing is somebody somehow sent me something and it said like 23% of coffee roasters are female. And I think that number really blew my mind and it kind of has stuck with me today. If there's actual signs In a science, good way or a bad way? In a bad way.
1: Okay, all right. Hey, that's a, that's a higher percentage than I would have thought. So uh, it actually kind of blew me away in a good way. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I think it's just like, that's not enough. I feel like... I hate when... The, like, I wouldn't be mad if it was closer to the 50s. But I think it's, like, harder for me to... <sighs> it's harder for me to really like be passionate about this industry when it there's not enough female queer representation. And it's like sad that a lot of the queer folk kind of are in the customer service aspect of being baristas.
1: I don't know why that is at all. I think. Well, that's yeah, awesome. I, I I actually, I actually thought about this uh, yesterday I was talking about it. I said, you know, sometimes I think like she's the roaster, like the job is done. There's, I feel like there's a lot of women in non-binary representation now. Um, clearly like the, the roaster room like that's exponentially more than there was so i it, you know i don't think the work is ever done like i don't want to sound like okay cool i did the thing where you know but like i'm like is there a need for this anymore like is there really and yeah i i mean fuck yeah there is i guess 23 <laughs> it's still very low i'm just really impressed that it's that much more
0: yeah, I feel like you're also coming from, like, not to make you feel old, but you're also coming from another generation of <laughs> coffee. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, I, maybe it's like this naive young spirit that I have towards, like, the fact that, like, there's not enough queer folk and there's definitely not enough females that are working in the industry. And then you're like, it's just coffee, chill the fuck out and fuck around and find out.
1: No, but yeah, I mean, but Love guess what happened? Uh, retire. The roasters that won't leave their machine for years, they die off and go away. I don't know. They just I wither. Mean, fly away. Kind of, kind of. I mean, I've worked with, I've worked with a guy roaster who worked for a company for 23 years before he left. I currently work with a man who's been at the company for 24 years. I, yeah, you know, roasting jobs. It's, they're hard to find as much as it is that they don't ever become available. And I think once they do become available, they hire internally, which I, was gonna I say. think it's, brilliant so you know if I hmm, if I had you know if you want to be a roaster go be a barista and say you want to be a roaster just keep saying it until like somebody hears you and understands that if if that's not an option and you just want to be a roaster like go into packaging or shipping and like same thing like just keep, yeah just like keep work from the it. ground up yeah and then you know like it was funny I actually didn't want to roast anymore what year was that I think it was like two thousand. What pulled it for you? Um, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it. Just didn't seem like it was a long term thing. Like I could sustain it, and like I don't think that that was necessarily financial, though that was a factor as much as it was. Um, I wanted to go into like an art department. Um, we had an art department at the place I worked where they did all the private labels and graphic design and things like that. Um, and so I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Like. I had a certificate in graphic design work. I, you know, drew in my spare time, that was like very interesting to me and cool that I could like work in coffee, but still do art. Um, so yeah, I was, I was holding out for uh, the art department and then they needed a roaster. And I was like, yeah. I are here like, now. Like, No, I wish. I was like, <laughs> I like told my friends, I like told all my friends that I knew that roasted. I was like, dude, go apply, like company, killer benefits, like whatever. I was in packaging. Like, and I was just holding out for the art department. I was like, go apply, go apply. Everyone's like, ew, that company? Like, no way. Ew, macro roasting? No, uh uh-uh. And then uh, the supervisor came to me and said, I'll give you two more dollars an hour than what we were offering if you take it. Because I I said, no, I was the art department. He said, two more dollars an hour. I said, okay. (laughs) So yeah, then I kept roasting. What What a story to get here. I know. And you're right? still was, here like, today. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was like really inspiring and awesome and like totally heartwarming. Like I did this for the first time and I knew forever. Like, yeah, I don't know what my life would be like without that shit anymore, to be honest. Like, I'm probably I signed a blood contract. I'm probably gonna be around for a long time. I think I mean, that's just like how that kind of works. Like
0: I think what's a really interesting thing is what you said about um roasting gigs are really hard to find. Like in general, like the jobs are never open and then they hire internally. And I think that's a really interesting thing that you said because for someone who's also interested in not staying where I'm at and wanting to also progress in a different area, finding a roasting gig is like the most intimidating thing for me. What do you mean finding one? Like if I was to move from... Ohio to move somewhere else, but still wanting to do roasting. Like that's the most intimidating thing. And it kind of makes me feel a little bit trapped with where I'm at. If I was even unhappy with my job, which I'm not, but like in general, like it's just trying to still stay in the the field that you're working in and then also going somewhere else. It's really hard to like find a stable idea that, yeah, this is going to be an opportunity for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I did that so I moved from Washington to Oregon in 2020, like a month before shutdown and I was looking for jobs and like, yeah, I was roasting and uh, I actually had a couple importer friends that uh, you know, importers have a very large market, uh, usually regionally. So if you tell a regional importer that you're looking for work, they usually know when somebody's hiring. Um, And so she was like, yeah, I, I know this company and I applied and I got it. But you know, that was just a really lucky situation for me. And I, I had, you know, the privilege of, of being patient. Like I, nothing was forcing me to move. Like I could move whenever I wanted to, uh, I just knew that I wanted to at some point. So I don't know for that solution. I would say go be a barista at a, at a spot that has roaster in the name. Start over. Cause at some at some point they're either going to expand and need you or someone's going to quit. And yeah, I mean, if you could hold out being a barista for one year, I guarantee you, turnover is so effing high. Like, yeah, it, you get in there soon. <laughs>
0: is there a specific thing in the industry? It doesn't have to even just be roasting. Like, I know that like you focus mostly on the roasting aspect. Is there like something that you're extremely passionate about that like this is like this is a lot of the reason why I'm here?
1: You know, a lot. I would have quit coffee a long time ago if if science wasn't involved. Uh, I don't really like. I don't really like. Um, God, how do I say this? Like, very kind of yeah well fuck yeah that one for sure that one but like <laughs> i also don't like these very airy concepts of like you know flavor profile and notes and like that shit really turns me off uh yeah so like can tans- like thermodynamics kept me in coffee no uh,
0: thermodynamics turns you on
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely i know is that weird like <laughs> especially like as a creative person like heat transfer heat transfer heat transfer um yeah i i Everyone's always going to say like the producers and that's just true. Like, um, I hate how like white savior, um, you know, loving producers sounds at times. And, and I will never get behind a company that like uses producer stories for sales. Um, but there is something really poetic in the sense that like people spend crafted time and energy excelling at this one thing. And then it, it travels the whole fucking world. And then we do this, like, weird witchy thing to it. And then people do it every morning, like, ritualistically every morning. Like, there's something, like, really, I don't know, kind of woo-woo-y about that that uh, hits for me. Uh, (laughs) Kind of spiritual, I guess. Um, Yeah. That part. Kind of checked all my boxes. Like, I I could never have a desk job as much as I wanted one at one point in my life. Uh, I'm way too high- no. I, fu- I need high stress. <laughs> like Okay, and, but and like have st- you worked in the service industry? Yeah. That's
0: why. I am convinced as someone who's worked in front of the house and back of the house, I don't do well in a f- in a in a stationary situation. Like I need to be constantly like almost multitasking and doing a lot of things. <laughs> we can blame a lot of our work experience for that.
1: Yeah, honestly. Yeah, and you know, coffee i just fucking i drink way too much coffee i don't even know it's it's weird at have you ever heard bankers talk about money yeah and they say like at some point they're like touching it all day that they're desensitized like it's not even hundreds of yes. thousands dollars that they're touching
0: mm-hmm.
1: i feel that way about coffee Same. most of the time which is very sad but also like i think a true testament to how much i've ingrained this into my whole identity I'm pretty Um, sure,
0: like, 95% of my body's, like, blood count has, like, caffeine and coffee
1: in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, it's kind of weird that I keep fighting a good fight in the industry because I feel like, you know, as somebody that's, like, punker than hell and listens to death metal and wears all black and, like, swears like a fucking sailor and, like, I do every bad thing to your palate that, like, you should not do, like, I'm really not the type of person that does this. And, like, sticking with it, I don't know. It's, it's just what I fucking do. I don't, know. <laughs> it's, I don't know why I'm doing it.
0: I think it's really interesting that you say that because I think what, like, really gravitated me towards also staying in this industry is just, like, the, the people I've worked with. Like, a lot of the friends that I've made working in coffee are some of the coolest fucking people I've ever met. And some of them are really... Like, I think it's, like... I don't know if this is my extroverted side coming out where I'm like, oh, this is like, these are really cool people. And we all kind of like the same shit. And like, we all have the kind of like this, like artistic starving syndrome, like starving artist syndrome. And we're all really cool. And it's a queer, like inclusive space. And it's just like, it's always been like this, like cultural thing for me more than the actual job. Like, I don't know how many times as a barista, all of us have like suffered together and that's made us stronger. (laughs) Definitely.
1: I mean, yeah, it's, Team building, you know.
0: Yeah. Team building. <laughs> <laughs> Through pain. Obviously, like I want to I wanna give you like a, a chance to like talk about She's the Roaster and like or other projects that like really like you're starting on or like really passionate about or like talk about things that really like in the industry as a whole doesn't even have to be connected
1: to you that you're really passionate about that, like people should check out. Shameless self promotion plug. Uh Go for it. she's the roaster's super awesome. If anyone's <laughs> listening that has sponsor opportunities and wants to donate anything uh please email or reach out dm to choose a roaster uh like always accepting donations um and better yet like the scholarship opportunities are what drives education uh which is how we get more roasters and how we keep our roasters like relevant and active and inspired so like that (laughs) i have a fat box um Actually, like two storage containers full of donated merch from uh, companies like Slow Pour Supply, Department of Brewology, AeroPress, Ernex. Um, they're like saint sponsors that literally just give and give. So it's awesome that She's the Roaster has the platform and the donations to just like give away things. That's so cool. um Coffee Roasters Guild tree I will die on the hill that, so this is my. This is my second term. Most people don't do two terms. Most people are smart enough to get out after one term, but this is my second term. Uh, They're two year year terms. This is my second term with Coffee Roasters Guild, um, which is an international, uh, I don't know, council, so to speak, of people. Uh, We create events, education events. Uh, If you take classes at Expo, we're usually the content creators for that. Um, We do a lot of community outreach on social media and things like that so regardless like my what i oversee in that is um coffee roasters guild retreat. uh it's usually the last weekend of august every year it's incredibly expensive and it's worth every dollar um even if i no longer am on coffee roasters guild i'll probably keep a hand in retreat um just because i am like absolutely number one fangirl for that thing uh (laughs) i love it so much and yeah i just i know what it has looked like, and I know what I can do differently, and I know how we can make this better, and I know that it is a massive, massive financial bit to chew uh just to get there, but uh, it's it's worth it. And so, yeah, Coffee Roasters go Retreat. If you haven't been, you should check it out. Um, ask your employers to help you, um, and if they won't, Diedrich runs a scholarship for anyone that wants to go. They I usually take four. This <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, they usually take four. Um, Yeah. And there's just, there's just a lot of people. I mean, if there's other nonprofits, like I'm sure glitter cat wouldn't mind, um, maybe helping for funding or if they can do something in the future. Like, yeah, I, those are kind of my two selfish plugs there. Yeah. There's
0: nothing wrong with that. That's the whole point of this too. It's not just to talk. It's to be able to like, this is your hard work. Go ahead and talk about it.
1: (laughs) Well, right. And you know, like none of this, uh, None of it directly benefits me. So, like, and none of it's like an ad. Um, if you want to directly benefit me, there's actually no way to do that. But I do work <laughs> for a company where you can buy their coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you never again, said like, where you work. <laughs> I work for Cafe Vita. Um, they were founded in 1995 in Seattle, Washington. Uh, they've been around for a long time. I grew up in the Seattle area. So, I am very familiar with that company, seeing as I was born in 92. Um, and yeah so now i work for them we rose out of seattle new york portland where i am and then we're opening up a roastery in phoenix we have the cafe already that's awesome very cool yeah it's nice to be back um in a pacific northwest company uh especially a company that uh i've known my whole life essentially and like the people are phenomenal um I'm I'm fucking happy. Like I love that. I, I'm I'm appreciated. Yeah. And what's even cooler is the Seattle Independent Radio Station, because I was like such a cool little hip kid. Um, it's called KEXP. And you know, they would play like Sonic Producer was like the punk radio station that would like come on like I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh anyways, Cafe Vita is open inside of the KEXP building. And so it's kind of like my love of like my music. Yeah, it's and like coming full circle. Right it is like I'm I'm super queer for it. I fucking love it. Like I'm just gushy and mushy about the whole thing. But um, yeah, so I work for Cafe Vita. If you want to support me, there's no way to do that. But you can buy their coffee. And their coffee is great. So I can vouch because
0: I've tried it. <laughs> nice. And my word is law, and no one else's matters. <laughs> <laughs> it was great talking to you. Like, I'm glad that I got a chance so to, easy. like, really talk to you and, like, get to know you.
1: Yeah, anytime. Like, and, you know, if anyone's listening to this, like, this isn't just an Elena special. You know, I'm I'm a resource. I'm, um, God, I almost said ally. So I fucking hate that. Um, I'm a resource. I guess I, I am an ally as much as I hate that word that people use. Um, you know, I'm a friend. Hit me up if anyone has any questions. Um, you know, within reason, I'm here to help within
0: reason like don't ask me to come and help you move <laughs> I actually love moving so if you do oh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but don't ask me for a job I'm not the hiring authority at my company yeah uh, don't ask me for my secrets and if you're going to uh, sit on my Instagram on my personal Instagram and ask me a thousand questions I understand that time is money and I will be nice but at some point I will not respond to you do not try to sell me green coffee on my personal Instagram. I am not a green buyer anymore. Um, Everybody yeah, listening and is I will, like, dang, she's
0: really had some <laughs> of these answers
1: waiting and to I'm be said. I'm not going to be an influencer. I hate recording my face. And I'm never going to be that person on Instagram because I am terrified of fucking people. So, no. Point blank,
0: period. That's it. So, obviously, we just heard Bailey and I talk a lot about different aspects of the industry, but a lot of it from what you can get from Bailey is this is so, uh, it's, the best thing that you can get from it is fuck around and find out. If there's anything that you've learned, there's nothing you can really learn from listening to people. If you're really interested in what we're doing, you have to fuck around and find out. You gotta get into the actual position, get your hands and feet in. Experience is more than just like what the aesthetic of the coffee world can give you. And that's when you really know you actually care about what you're doing is that you're willing to go through all of the grime and the the annoying intricacies of trying to find machine parts and like understanding the machine itself. Cause it's a hard job. It's, she was talking about her pain of like having to heal through and with her body. And it's a very physically in, like inducing job. So it's really important to just fuck around and find out. That's the only thing. The best thing about Bailey is her clear attitude. Like, what you see is exactly what you get, and I totally respect her for that. You know, you could just fuck around and find out what the next episode's gonna bring.